Hi there, and welcome to episode 8 of the Big Issues podcast, an opportunity to stay engaged with the Christian ethos of FBS while the school is physically closed. So we're eight episodes in. This is the first one of this half term, second half of summer term 2020, which we recorded during last week's holiday. So in some ways, this is the first episode of season two, although that sounds a little bit Netflixy. So let's not do that. A reminder to keep learning and thinking and questioning as you listen to these podcasts. There'll be some things we'll hear from the Bible and some Christian beliefs discussed that are big claims and you need to work out what you think about them. This week, Mr. Smith joins us to tell us about his favourite Bible verse. So here we go. So we're joined today once again by Mr. O'Donnell. How are you doing, sir? Hi, Mr. Brown. Not too bad, thank you. Enjoying the weather. And it's great to have Mr. Smith with us today. Hi, sir. Hello, Mr. Brown. It's nice to be here. Quite excited. Uh, You've been following the podcast since the beginning? I have been. Yeah, I've listened to them all. Uh, How's lockdown going for you? I'm not going to say I'm massively enjoying it but I've really worked hard trying to make sure I've still got a routine. Um, I have enjoyed spending more time with uh, my two children, but I miss being at school and I miss being around the students, definitely. Now, if you've been listening uh, for the last few episodes, you will know that Miss Day started doing a keepy-uppy challenge. Uh, I won't say how many she got to. You can listen back if you don't know. But I saw on, a, on Twitter a few weeks ago, Mr. Smith, that you were claiming that you'd done 154 keepy-uppies in your garden. That's really impressive. Well done. Um, it, <laughs> it, it, it is impressive. I think if you look at the video, it was someone without a face. So I've claimed that that face could be mine. <laughs> Great. Well, when we're back in school, boys, do uh, challenge Mr. Smith to do that. 154 is the number he needs to get to to prove that what was him. It's, it's impressive if it's, if it's true. I don't think it is. The last couple of episodes were the FBS Top 7 Hymns. Uh, Mr. O'Donnell, did you agree with the the final three? The top seven in general, I agreed with, just in a different order. So I was a, so my personal favourite. My personal favourite is "Abide with Me" from what we sing at school. I think we need to bring um, "When I Survey" in next year. So I'll be speaking to Mr. Burns. It's a great uh, to bring that in next year. I think that will go down well. Okay, Mr. Smith, what about you? Yeah, would be my number one. So in this pod, we're going to be back on to uh, favourite Bible verses. Uh, Mr. Smith's here to talk about his favourite Bible verse. Thank you for the boys who have been sending in their favourite Bible verses. Mr. O'Donnell, there was one that caught your attention. Yeah, it was from Luke in year nine. It was Philippians 1, 21, uh, which is to live is Christ and to die is gain. And Luke was just talking about how for the Christian, death isn't the end. Um, that when you live for Christ, when you obey Christ, you have something to look forward to after death. And I just thought that was a really different way of thinking about uh, death in the current situation that we're in. And it was really encouraging. Yeah, that's really, really powerful stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Let's do your favorite verse. I'm really excited about this one. Uh, I think it's mm. one that lots of people will know, but we can still get loads out of thinking about it. It's uh, quite a lot of the Bible is like that, that you think you know something with the more you go into it, the more fresh things you bring out of it. So, Mr. Smith, of the whole of the Bible, which verse have you chosen? Um, so, first of all, I just want to say that you asked me a few weeks ago if I'd be keen, Mr. Brown, to say what my favourite Bible verse would be. And I think like some of the others, I've had this internal struggle. What would that verse be? Because we all have verses that really stick with us at certain points of our lives and sort of challenge us and equip us at certain stages. Um, the one I've come down to is John 3.16, because I've realised that through all of my life, no matter what is going on at that time, 
Um, it's a verse that I always come back to and can always come back to. So John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That would be so familiar with all our GCSE students as well, Mr. Smith. That's, that's one of the verses we teach in the school, and it's up around the school quite a bit as well. I know I've seen it over in Beaumont Avenue and the Gibbs Green as well. Yep, it's one of the posters. Uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Uh, And not just famous at, at FBS. I think it's probably one of the most famous, most quoted verses in history. Bible Gateway, which is probably the best known online Bible website used by millions of people every day. They have a list of their top 100 verses that are searched for. And this is number one. I would imagine that if you ask people for five Bible verses that they knew, if they knew five Bible verses, not everyone does, but if they knew five, then this would be one of them. Um, it, it appears on kind of posters. It appears in sporting events. People are kind of holding up on placards. American football players, there was a, a thing a few years ago where someone had it kind of uh, painted on their faces, on their on their eye black. My church has it on the side of the, the building. Um, it's the verse that it chose so that when you walk around the corner, drive around the corner uh, on the road that it's on, that is what you see on the side of the building. And when I was teaching my daughters some Bible verses when they're growing up, this was the first one that they learned. Uh, I imagine that would go for lots of people. So it's really, really famous. Of all the verses in the Bible, arguably this is the most famous one. Mr. Smith, why is it so famous? I think there's two reasons. First of all, as a Christian, you take everything back to Jesus. Everything starts with Jesus and Jesus is the platform and the foundation to talk about everything else. And this is a verse that summarizes exactly what he came to do and exactly what Christians have put their faith in. But secondly, I think it's simple. It's really simple to understand. There aren't any words in there. I remember learning it myself in Sunday school and I didn't have to ask what some of the words meant. It's really simple and straightforward to know and understand and to sort of equip yourself with for the battles you might face. And what exactly is going on here? You say it's simple. Can you bring out maybe two or three big things that are going on in this verse? Um, Yeah, definitely. I think it, it sums up the gospel, which is the good news. It sums up what Jesus came to do. I think for me, um, it talks about love. Obviously, it says, for God so loved the world. Um, love is quite subjective. That's what we teach the boys in school. And lots of people think about love in different ways. But love in the Bible isn't subjective. It's really clear the way that God demonstrates his love. And this verse shows to me that his love is sacrificial. His love is messy. His love um, is something that that hurts because in theory, in theory, what he did by sending Jesus to this earth to die for us was the hardest thing he could have done. But he did it because he loved us. So for me, just to have an understanding of what God's love is, is, is really important. Yeah, I think that's really helpful. And I think one of the things that this verse shows really clearly is that you have God, uh, who I think in the verse is God the Father, sending the Son because he loves the world. And I think some people get the impression that Jesus is loving. God the Father is a bit scary. But actually, this verse shows actually that the Father sends the Son. The Father loves the world so much, but the Son willingly comes because the Son loves the world so much. Uh, And so what is behind God's whole rescue plan in the Bible, what is behind everything that happens is the fact that God loves, God is love. That love that has been there for eternity between the Father and, and the Son and the Spirit. So I think it gives us a right picture of who God is. So often I think we go around and we just have a wrong view of God. Uh, but I think this verse, I think you're right, it's, it's really helpful in honing us in on, on God's love. I think lots of people think that 
God doesn't love me or it might be that I have to do certain things to enable God to love me. And I think what is really clear from the Bible is God might not love some things that people do. I don't think God loves sin. I think that's really clear. But God does love us. He loves um, you individually. He, he knows who you are. He, he, he planned for you to be here. He knows every hair on your head. And I think that's really comforting that God has a passionate love for you. And the third thing for me is the idea of grace. And I think grace gets spoken about a lot. Grace is the idea of God's unconditional love and favour over our lives. It's not that we have to do certain things in order to be saved. Um, going to church might be important. Praying, giving money to charity might be important. But it doesn't save you. It doesn't allow you to go to heaven. It doesn't get you to tick off certain things. As a Christian, I believe that I'm saved because of who Jesus is, not because of who I am. And again, that is really comforting to know that I can give my life to someone and rely on someone who has it all wrapped up and that I can just learn to be more like him as I live my life. Yeah, and the, the background to it in John chapter 3 is Nicodemus, who's a religious leader who knows loads of the you know scriptures of, of God's word and knows everything that you have to do and we, we do lots and lots of religious things. He comes to Jesus at night uh, and he's basically, the, the whole chapter is about how you saved how do you get right with god and what has jesus come to do and in this verse it's really clear john the writer is saying for god so loved the world he gave his one and only son and all you need to do is believe hmm. it's not whoever believes brackets and does these 15 rituals it's just whoever believes shall not perish but have eternal life yeah i think i think the, the end of the verse is key as well so what are we being saved from Yes, we need to talk about God's love here. Yes, we need to talk about uh, his grace. But there's also the sense of justice here as well. So, so that no one should perish. Mr. Smith just referred to God doesn't love sin. So he has to deal with sin. And the reason that Jesus had to come and die is because Jesus, God loves us so much, he doesn't want us to perish. Uh, and I think that emphasizes his love even more and his grace even more, that there's something we're being saved from uh, that, you can't, that you don't want to overlook in this verse. Yeah, and it's God's rescue plan, isn't it? Mm. God's rescue plan, and, and a rescue plan only works if there's something to be rescued from. Uh, and some people talk about two ways to live. You know, there there, there are two parts. Uh, and and uh, this verse, and also later on in the in the chapter, in verse 36, John makes it really clear there are two options, and they come entirely down to how you respond to Jesus, which is, mm. you know, we always say on this podcast to think and question and challenge. Some people find that hard to hear. But again, it, it sums up the Christian message really clearly. And then, uh, the other thing is, this was a really hard thing to do. Mr. Smith sort of alluded to that already. This wasn't, this was the hardest thing for God to give up his only son to do this. And there's a point where Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's saying, if there's any other way, God, that this can be done, let's do it that way. But there's not. This is the only way for, for us to have a right relationship with God. And yeah, it, it shows how sacrificial and deep that love is. It helps us to, to understand why it's so important to, to work out who Jesus is. Because as you said earlier, sir, this is all about Jesus. The whole Bible is about Jesus. This verse is about Jesus. Mm. So if you're going to work out how you respond to Jesus, you need to work out who Jesus is. Is he just a guy who goes around says, saying nice things? Is he something a bit more special than that? Or is he who he says he is? Because why would you believe in someone who doesn't back up those claims? Yeah, I think Mr. Smith, I'll just... Like you, like you sort of said, it's a great verse. It's known around the world. It's a really popular verse. But on a personal level, why is this verse so important to you? I think growing up, I would say from my family and from the church I used to go to, um, I heard a lot about God and the Bible 
Um, a lot of it really didn't mean that much to me. And I think at the age of 15, there was a real penny-dropping moment about Jesus, about who he was, about um, the fact that he, he came to this earth for me. And I think the Bible speaks about knowing Jesus and being sort of blown over by his mission and what he came to do and being caught up with him. And I would say ever since that, I have always tried to make sure that my, my foundations are in him. If I ever talk about Christianity with people, I want to take them straight to Jesus as fast as I can. Um, because for me, he's absolutely central to everything that I want to do and the way I want to live my life. Um, and this verse just reminds me of when I gave my life to God for the first time, because I suddenly realized actually Jesus wasn't just this, this, this being out there. He was someone that completely came to earth to save me. Great. Well, thanks so much, sir, for, I guess, introducing some people who are listening to this to John 3.16 uh, and just reminding lots of us who already know it uh, why it's such a special verse, why it's such a famous verse. Uh, let me just finish with this. Um, a guy called Charles Spurgeon, who's a great preacher. He lived a couple of hundred years ago. He said about John chapter 3, and I think particularly this verse, he said that he would choose to read it to a dying person who did not know the good news, who did not know the gospel as the most suitable one for such an occasion. So with the whole Bible in front of him, if someone was dying and didn't know anything about the Christian message, this is where he would go. So I think he's very much in line with what we've been talking about today. Uh, so thank you, Mr. Smith. And, it's illustrious uh, company for Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith and Charles Haddon Spurgeon in the same breath. That's impressive, sir. <laughs> my, my question is, would Spurgeon have done 154 keepy-ups? Pro- probably not. Probably not. But then um, we're not sure Mr. Smith does either. Didn't he suffer from gout? There's no way he was doing 154 kick-ups with gout. Couldn't just use his head. True. So John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. What a great verse. Do you ever listen to the song linked in the video description? It always has a connection with what we've been discussing. See if you can spot the link. And this week it's a modern song called Saviour of the World. And I'm going to pray. And this week I'm going to use the words of the school prayer. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you for creating this wonderful world, for the gifts and abilities you've given each of us, and the opportunity we have to learn and to grow. Please work through the power of your spirit, developing in us the Christian value shown perfectly in your son, Jesus Christ. Make us enterprising in all we do, moulding us into people of character who will make a positive contribution to society. Give us attentive ears to listen, willing hearts to learn and ready wills to obey. And show us more of the truth about your glorious son, his life, death, resurrection, reign and relevance. In his name we pray. Amen. See you next time.